0: Enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend.
1: That's right, it's everybody's friend, the Comic Web Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we feature an episode from the golden years of radio. We also offer two other podcasts. We have a Superman Old Time Radio Program podcast and a video podcast of the old movie serials. Just go to our website for information on how to download them or type the word Comic Web into iTunes and they'll pop up. We sell all of the old-time radio programs featured in our podcast, as well as comic books and more. Check us out at ComicWeb.com. You'll get some of my brief commentary after the show. This week we have an episode of The Bob and Ray Show.
0: All right, students, march right along into the main auditorium. We're going to have a nice little talk by Mr. Pry. Okay, Bill, That's enough. Thank you, Bill Green. <laughs> that's wonderful. This is Matt with Bob and Ray, of course. Of course it is. What else would it be, friends, at 1 o'clock at 8.50 on the dial, WHCH, conveniently located for you Boston listeners here in Boston? I ask you that question. I see by the mail that the Christmas cards are coming out again, Bob. Yes, they are. And... Here's a nice one here. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and how about the balance, Ray? Al. <laughs> well, that's a nice one. That would be over a personal there. friend, huh? Sure. Oh, gee. What's new? Well, I'll tell you, Ken, I'm awfully glad you asked that. There's nothing new happening to me. Uh, Same old stuff, uh, more or less. Which reminds me that I'd like to introduce friends, uh, Professor Carl T. Crumlett, who's uh, come across the Charles River from Harvard this afternoon to be with us and to uh, talk to you briefly, I trust, and yet, albeit succinctly, on the topic Stars and moon. And here he is, Professor Carl Crumlett. How do you do? Oh, wait. It was a great pleasure to be talking this afternoon to this to this vast radio maledictus. Just a moment. Carl von This of radio listeners. Go right on, Carl. And I think it's it's very, very nice that you invite me up here. I'm taking notes, I mean, is that right? The, uh, the what did you say I was going to speak on today? The star and the moon. Yeah, well, uh, they're both up there. The... And Unta... Uh, sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't. Uh-huh. Is Go that, on. Is that abundantly clear? Oh, stop the nonsense, friends. Let's just talk seriously for a few moments on something. How about the commercial situation, Bob? Oh, well, we just have one. That's not much what? to talk about. One little teasy weekend. <laughs> this can't be a matinee I with Bob. I think I'm a, a, a rat. I'm starving to death. <laughs> Die like a rat! Oh, don't take it. <laughs> this is Monday, you know. We don't have many on Monday. Oh. Well, let's do our new mystery program called Officer Terence McGaffigan, Cop. We left Terrence McGaffigan cop on Friday, just as the mayor had told him. McAffigan, I want action. McGaffigan stormed out of the mayor's office, found that he would round up the band of international jewel thieves who had been ransacking every jewel store in big city metropolis. Looking for the dreaded Far Eastern blue sapphire. We see <laughs> McGaffigan now. Down by the waterfront. Beep. <laughs> he seems to be singing. Stop by the beautiful sea. see, be I cover the waterfront. I cover the waterfront. La-la-la. Then he breaks forth into a whistle. This is to show he isn't afraid. All of a sudden, a slinky figure steps out of the darkness. A, a slinky figure steps out of the darkness. Hey, you. McGaffigan? Yeah, that's right. I'm Officer McGaffigan, cop. What are you doing down here in the waterfront, huh? Who are you? do mind who I am. Who are you? I'm a police officer from Central Headquarters, Homicide Division. I'll give you a tip. Up to flight. I'll give you a tip, McGaffigan. Yeah? You'll find that dangerous band of criminals right around the corner. And I've got a very late bulletin for you, Mac. There's a knife in your back. Say, you're right. Thanks, McGaffigan. Then my break started to talk with me. Terence, you're dumb. You're a stoop, McGaffigan. Terence, you'll never amount to a thing. You're crazy, I McGaffigan. I am not. Just give me the chance. I'll prove that I'm a brilliant man. You'll never prove it, McGaffigan. Yes, I will. No, you won't. But they don't give me a chance at headquarters to prove that I'm a good cop. Remember what the mayor said, McGaffigan. You're a fat foot. Get out there, McGaffigan, and round up that man. How can, of can I? My hands and feet are tied. They're going to put me out this wild and to dying. I beg your pardon. Yes? I happen to be standing here in the shadows. Seeing you in your misery, I thought I'd help you a little bit. Thank you very much. I, I don't know what I'm doing. You call yourself, McAfrican, and I'll help you find this dangerous band of criminals. I've been threatened. This dangerous been, band of Jewish thieves. I've been coyote. You've been my Coyote. Threatened intimidated. I don't know where I'm going Come with me, McGaffigan, <laughs> and I'll show you where these criminals are. The strange figure took McGaffigan by the hand, led him into a dark alley. Henceforth, they climbed up a fire escape. What happened? That fellow wasn't a friend of McGaffigan. Oh. He wasn't showing him anything except the front end of a baseball we bat. You see, McGaffigan, three hours later, as he's coming to... Oh, my mind's going to down and down. I go, round and round I go. That old black magic man. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm from nowhere. You've got to round up those criminals, McGaffigan. Oh, please stop. My mind. It's going to snap. I demand action, McGaffigan. I can't. am I, I, I going to do? The part of Lawrence McGaffigan <laughs> is played, played by, by Mercedes McCabridge. <laughs> Boy. we Will, uh,. Hey, we'll great. we'll follow him. Well. That was pretty dramatic there. You no, know, I, I can really uh, throw me into highly, something like that. Dramatic. Yeah, we can... Huh? Very highly dramatic. Sure. I wonder if McGaffigan ever will come through and I wish this script him. wasn't written in uh, Arabian numerals. That's all well, I, I can say. a little bit difficult to read. Excuse reading. me, we're going green at the microphone for later. Do morning. you notice how Ray talks about everything with an open mind... He should with that hole in his head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill must have played a floor show last night and gleaned that one from some he's poor a MC. comedian in town. Some poor MC paid five dollars for that. You steal it and put it on the air for nothing. Green, you're through. Maybe he's listening to Green, him. you'll never be big time. Well, told me. I would. see me, See me in my pagoda after the program. <laughs> <laughs> so ends another chapter in William Green's daily life. Incidentally, I heard still you... Bill Green told me he lost seven pounds last week. I heard you, gentlemen. What? He said he lost seven pounds. What, you lose a five dollar <laughs> bill, Bill? I'll give you a weekly report. Tell me, have you sold your French love seat that you were marketing last week? No. It's still a uh, white elephant, is not it? You're getting four Oh, call call Ringling Brothers, I think they're buying white elephants <laughs> these days. But that's beside the point. What I'm here to sell France this afternoon is fountain pens. I'd like to present to you one of the renowned fountain pen manufacturers, Mr. Leakey. Thanks very much. I just came in from around the world flight. Uh, there's blue all over your fingers. Well, I was up at a higher altitude than I thought. I was trying to write a letter to prove something. We, we, you were either eating blueberry pie or trying to swallow them pens, Mac. It's all oh, around the mouth. This little there. pen that I'm marketing here, probably one of the greatest sensations ever to hit the pen market. I see. How does it operate? Writes with ink. It what? Writes with ink. Incidentally... Uh, I hate to interrupt you, Mister Leakey, but there's another. There's a writer from Medford who uh, has come up with an invention, and he wants to know if we can help him market it. Be happy to consider any idea that's fairly commercialable. Well, what it is is it's a it's cardboard Cadillac thing you put over your own automobile, and it looks like a Cadillac. Well, I'll say, I think he might have something there. So, what do you think? Uh, of course the colors so your, run. So your friends will think you got a Cadillac. Huh? Yeah, you can you can take a 1937 Chevy, for instance, and. Uh, Overnight, turn it into a 50 Cadillac, simply by putting this cardboard Cadillac body over it. I think that fellow might have something there. Well, it's something to mull over in our minds. Right. And here's something, friends, I defy anybody to mull over in their minds. Ben Wilson and uh, Bill Green, in the beautiful arrangement of of the Under the Double Eagle March. Gentle People. Incidentally, what's the story about that song and Stephen Foster? Isn't there something, something there? Oh, his, his, Mr. Green. Mr. Green? Oh, no, Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. All right, Ken, use this microphone uh, popular, here. Popular, popular song is a paraphrase on a scrap of paper discovered in Stephen Foster's pocket. He had written down what people think is just a title, Dear People and Gentle Hearts. I see. Of course, the name of that little ditty is dear hearts and gentle people. Yes, of course. Oh, you do? You're just saying that because Columbia sent you that information. And no, that. Columbia did not. They didn't? Who oh, did? I forget where I stole Were you I going through it. Stephen Foster's private papers? I was going through what his pockets. What are you pockets. doing going through Stephen Foster's pockets, Wilson? Yes, Your Honor. Were you down at my old Kentucky home at Bardstown? You can't hear me, friends. and beside the microphone, so don't try too hard. <laughs> but I'm too comfortable to move. <laughs> I'll have to speak louder to keep the gain up. But, Ken, tell us more about it. About what? About Stephen Foster and the uh, Dear Hearts and Gentle People. Is that all there is to no, it? Yeah, they think it was gonna be his another song. Well, oh, I think you could sell that to his Digest, Ken. That's a that's a You stop. might make ten or fifteen dollars. Oh, on that's I a stop so. the press item. It is? So if you get back to the organ, we'll we'll play or present. But now for our friends listening, Back Page McGee. Oh, not that. Yes. Backpage McGee, a stirring story of newspaper life. Either that or Butch McGee, girl intern. I well, think Backpage would be better, fine, don't you? Backpage McGee. <clears throat> the story of a crusading newsman who crusades. Backpage McGee, crime cameraman. Okay, lady, I'm going to take your picture. All right. Here it is. Why, that's a crime, Back page, McGee, sitting at home with his lovely wife, Belle. Belle waits for the phone to ring. He hopes something will happen because he doesn't want to eat supper. It's awful.
1: Oh dear!
0: Yes, Paul, well, I he... gotta go out on a case. Nothing. I have a pie for supper. What? Case of what? The case of Johnny no, Walker. No, no, Damn. Later that evening, Backpage, getting into his high-powered limousine. All right, McGee. Yeah? Don't get in that car. Why not? I got a late bulletin for you. there has been a bomb attached to the carburetor. Plus. Oh, ho, ho, ho. You can't scare me. No, well, I ain't telling you. I was sent over here to tell you. I'm Backpage McGee. I don't care who you are. You'll be on the front page tomorrow morning, Mac, if you step I'll on just that starter. i put my foot on the starter here. Nothing is going to happen. Okay. Here goes. I told you nothing was going to happen. The well, way the car always can, That's about the best you can do with the <laughs> organ. Well, that's life. Right. That, that definitely proves that we need a sound man on this program. Would you like to audition? Yes. Uh, what sound have uh, have you dreamed of? Well, I've, I've worked on quite a few of the big shows. I, I used to make the rippling rhythm for Shep Fields. How did yes, you do that? Did you have a cold... No, I used to used to blow uh through a straw to this glass here. This is the very same glass was used with the Shepfield's band for years and years. My lord. I'd be happy to take two fifty for it. Well, I don't want it, really. I mean I want think... this slightly used straw that I used for a couple of months there uh, back in nineteen forty one. No, I'll give forty dollars for Evelyn's Magic thirdly I don't have that with me, but I'll see what I can do. But getting back to this thing, ah, uh, uh some of the other Fine sound effects I've perfected. Yeah. Name the a couple. Marching bed effect on gagbusters. Oh. How did you do that? I got a whole bunch of bed lined up and had a march. I see. And the unusual effect came through, eh? Yes, sir. How many men did it take and where oh, did they march? Well, it took about uh Thirty-five. Uh-huh. Did you recruit them over at Fort Dix? Did you? We just had. Oh, we picked them off the street. Oh, and uh, did they have to have certain sized feet, or did sneakers? Oh, no, we just, we took any size feet. No but sneakers, but all huh? They have leather heels on. That's right. And do they have to walk heel toe, heel toe? That's right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What other effects? Are then these? Uh, another very interesting effect I use will be Grand Central Station program. Ground. Oh, let me guess. The train coming the under? train coming into Grand Central Station. How'd you do that? I hit a train coming to Grand Central Station. I see. And you put it down on wire, is that it? Well, no, I had the real train there. Oh, for goodness sake! Sure, it costs a lot of money, but it's a real good effect. Oh, well, I'd say that you're of the realist school. Well, we like to make things sound pretty real over the air. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it, I guess. I think we can use you on the program. Okay. Uh, what we're trying to get right now is a little sound effect of a feather dropping on a marshmallow. Well, I've been working on that one for quite some time, but I don't seem to be able to get anywhere with it. I mean, of course, the, there's the technical fact that you have to have something happen so the people will know it landed, yet you can't have noise. Well, it... I was thinking maybe you could have one of your actors go, ooh, or ah, when or, it lands. Or you could have somebody say, it's landed. Yeah, that's makes it even more simple. Oh, uh, let's run through this little script where a fellow drops a feather on the marshmallow. All right. Let me have my cue now when you want me to do this. <clears throat> all right, sure. Right. What's the lead-up cue to this? Hey, Al, see that guy dropping a feather on a marshmallow over there? Let's see what happens. There it goes. Look, <laughs> oh, it landed. How was that? Ah, that was all right, I guess. Yeah, I think we'll let you uh, play on That was a pretty good effect. You just signed this contract right here. Right, Al. There it is. There you are. Thank you, oh. President Conan of Harvard. Yeah. Yeah, I see a, see a uh, commercial. Don't drop our record, Bill. No, please, no. Bill. Of course it won't break. It's unbreakable. It's an unbreakable record. Except if you drop it, of course, uh, then it will break <laughs> have like the crazy. hold on it, it won't break. That's right, and don't let kids get a hold of it, because they can break anything. But... Anyway, as I was about to say, there's somebody that's very familiar to us out there. I think it's Arturo. Oh, here he is. Good old Arthur. Chesterfield satisfy women and men, Chesterfield over and over again. Milder, much milder, all smokers agree, always by Chesterfield, A, B, C. Mailmen, you know, come with very big thumbs. They're, they're stronger than they think Mailmen they are. are guaranteed to break anything. Which, uh, why don't we go over to the post office again, Bob? Well, we could, if you, if you well, can. Do you have a little package to mail, do you? Yes. All I right, have it sure. all wrapped up here. I thought I'd just take it over. Here we are at the post office window. Hello. Uh, I'd like to mail this. Hey, Ain't done upright. I don't like the looks of that package. It's too loose. Well... Because you want to insure that, too, huh? I'd like to insure it. Take it, it home. Yeah. Hmm? Take it home. Can't touch it. How oh, would a 10-foot pole would it touch that package you wrapped up? Well, how would slub. you like to have me wrap it up? I thought what? it was... How would you like to have me wrap it up? I thought it was wrapped up pretty well. I don't like it. I don't know how to tell you to wrap it up. All I can tell is by looking. You'll have to try. Trial and error method. Now go home and come back and let me see what you've done. Okay. So I went home and I came back about a week later. It's too small. Look, I got a... <laughs> Stamp special delivery three times I on know, that package. but you, you don't see. need to stamp it so big. There, use the small stamp. It's not room there. Now you're going put whole... it in a bigger package. It'll you're cost you more money, but I'll be able to get special but delivery. The you the whole thing I had on there. Oh, gee whiz! So I came back, <laughs> came back about a week later, and I had it all wrapped up in a nice big box. All can't send fixed. that overseas. That package it picks. What do you got in there? It's got a clock in there. Who needs a clock? I don't know. What kind of a gift is that to give anybody? Well, it's a Christmas present. The minute... I s- see, it's spoken now. It I, knew it, I knew the minute I put special delivery, that clock would break. It's not ticking now, you're anymore. You're not careful how you pack your packages. Okay, how much is I this going like to cost I don't like the size me? string you got on there. It ain't the right size. Is this going to cost me very much? Well, no, a normal fee. But you'll have to pack it right. 30, 35 cents, something like that. Okay. I don't know. I'll go. go I'll pack it once and for all. It'll be right. Okay, now be sure to the string, will you? Yeah. Make sure the string is the right size. Right. Well, what's the right size? I don't know. I can only look and tell you whether it's the right size or not. Well, I'll take a chance, huh? Well, here it is, a week later. And yes? here's the package all wrapped up. Fine. I'll take it in, sir. And uh, that will be 30 cents. My, right. but you packed wonderfully. Gee, thank you. Are you Perfect. the same one I brought this to before? Oh, yes. But will you push the cotton back in the hole in my head, please? <laughs> Boy, now, from now on, it's going to be a big rush in the Christmas post offices, huh? Well, don't tell me we were working up to a public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Please I Please mean, don't disillusion I always get worried about this time. That my Christmas cards, my gifts won't go through the mail. What are, what are good gifts this year for people? Have you thought about it? Well, for the man who has everything. Well, of course, nothing for him. Yeah. No, I haven't thought much about it. I I think I'd like to get a little laboratory set. Boy. I'd like to get a bottom-ray record in the mail. Well, of course, a lot of people will. Have a very Merry Christmas because of their Bob and Ray record. But that's Water Over the Dam now. Please. I'm sorry. How about, uh, how, how about a song from these fellows? Thanks, huh? Bob. I'd love to. Uh, Last Mile Home, I'll sing. Hello. Oh, I'll sing it later, friend. I promise. Oh, shucks. Shucks. Barry, you didn't have very much to say oh. the other day. How, how are you doing this afternoon? Oh, nothing much. Well, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't hear your question, Bob. I said, how are you doing this afternoon? Oh, fairly well, thank you. You know, feeling kind of sick. You are? Well, a cold bug got me. Is that so? Mm-hmm. I was a little too late in on an histin. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, it, got it just you, huh? slipped by and knocked me down. Mm, mm. I don't feel up to snuff. Well, that's... Too bad, huh? I never touch it anyway, but I just wouldn't. If, even if I felt good today, I wouldn't. You look pretty good today. Well, but, uh, I uh, look all right, Bob, but it's... You know, there's more to a book than it's uh, pages. I suppose. There's a cover, for instance. That's the new dress you're wearing today. What? I like that new dress you're wearing. Do you, Bob? Mm. Well, so many people do like it. Yeah. I, uh... Is that one of your own designs? Or? I made it myself, hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do well, you like this little effect being caught at the back here? Yes. What right. material do you call that? Uh Uh-huh. That's a nice-looking dress. It's nice. Mm hmm. That's the color in Littleton this year, I presume. Well, this color here is, of course, chartreuse. It is? Yes. And chartreuse. Chartreuse. Oh, yes. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson is a student of French. I know. He spent time overseas in France. Well, I never did, Mr. Wilson, and I don't think you should rub it in. (laughs) I'd like you to know just because you're independently wealthy and can travel the world. He isn't, Mary. He is. Well, he certainly would give that impression. Well, he would give that impression. He never misses an opportunity to to come along and make some... I think he should come over... ...about his studying in France. Wilson, come over here and apologize, will you? (laughs) Wilson, come over and apologize. There, you feel better? He's not man enough to come over. Mary, don't bother well, he's afraid them. of her, that's why. Sure he's afraid of her. I heard, I heard, excuse me, Mary, but I heard Ben Wilson yesterday on a new program. Hey, I hear Ben and Bill were on a new show yesterday they with Ron Gordon. They were wonderful. <clears throat> I didn't hear it. And, uh... Unfortunately, oh, uh, my radio is kaput. Oh, is that so far? <clears throat> what? what happened to it? Hmm? What? Tube went, I think. Oh? Then you mean... Then I can't listen to WHDH. Oh, <clears throat> terrible, boy. That's maddening. It's awful. That that is real maddening. But it's also beside the point. I think we should go down to the candy store. We haven't been down there for quite a while. All right. See what's happening to... Bend over. Bend over, that homely old philosopher who sells candy... and, uh... and like that. As we're looking on Ben, he's standing behind the counter with his hand in the bonbon box. And philosophizing... As a friend drops in. Well, time to turn the radio off as my favorite program just ended. No, I guess he and Jenny gonna say something else. Now this is my Bye bye, Guy Lombardo. Saying for all the boy Royal Canadian. Boyle. Uh that we'll be back again next New Year's Eve at this very same time. And until then, For all the boys in the band and myself, I wish you were very pleasant. And happy, prosperous Christmas and New Year, and especially to you, Ben Dover. Well, now, that's mighty nice. and wishing me a Merry Christmas. First time I ever heard Guy read like he had his glasses with him. Yeah, he's reading rather well, but I say, who are you, stranger? Well, I just dropped in to buy some candy. What do you have, some of these purple bonbons? No, I don't like the purple ones. Any kind of candy but purple. Yeah, but these are real good imitation grape, you oh, know. Oh, no, no, that's what I'm afraid of. Uh, Why do they make up purple candy? Will you tell me? I well, mean, uh... I like orange candy. I like red candy. I'll even gamble on white candy. I like brown candy. Blue candy, Blue candy. Blue candy I'll take a chance on. But purple, I don't know. Well, how about, me. how about you try some of this brown candy All right. Here. It's real delicious here. Yeah? By George, you've struck on something. We're selling a lot of this stuff lately. Don't know why. What is it? It tastes What's a little... What's new over in the county seat? It tastes like a little pressed spam to me. <clears throat> What's new in the county seat? Anything? Same old thing. I suppose so. There's a, there's a terrible feud going on over there, you know. But... Uh... What I'm here for, really, is to tell you that the entire town is, is up in arms over this last outrage. What's the matter? What was it? Well, same old thing. It, I, and I want to tell you that we're all mighty grateful to you, Ben, for what you've done for us. Well, I ain't done much for By you. By know. George, you've done more than a lot of folks would have done in yeah. like circumstances. That and sure is true. That we're all grateful. It. Yeah. And I don't know how we can thank you enough. My wife's grateful, all them kids is grateful. Hey, I think you're in the wrong store. You want the barbershop a couple of the doors down there. Oh, I do? You want just fancy bills, establishment. Oh, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Ben, but we're still grateful to you well, in case you do nothing. I, I ain't done nothing. Okay. Hold up, City. I want three volunteers to go with me. The pass. Okay. You mean you're not... I'm not yelling, Okay, no. well, come along with me. Okay, we'll ride. We rode all day that night. Night, that day. Finally, we pulled up to a clearing in the woods. We parked our horses in a semicircle. And we afraid the of, afraid of of the stop afraid you? Stop, will Stop, you order here. I guess food. we better just keep going, Ed. Well, we are we going to stop? There's of you won't stop. Help. Well, I didn't want to stop we there, And that's the amazing story, how I met up with my brother after not having seen him for 40 years. Thank you, Carl Sturdley. Well, I don't know. Looks like the program's all over. Yeah. <laughs> all over. Is- yes, yeah, it's all done for the day. You bet. Studio audience, what were you given when you came in? Nothing. You get the same thing on the way out, and good luck to you. Uh, ben Wilson, of course, is at the organ. <laughs> and uh, the charming Alice McGregor, who is downstage at the piano. I think Ben as an enemy over at the paper. <laughs> Tomorrow, friends, we'll look in on such interesting subjects as what's on the inside of purple candy and other things, highly too numerous to mention. <laughs> This is the matinee with Bob and Ray. It's a program that's heard every day, Monday through Saturday at one o'clock. We certainly quarter. enjoyed it. Friends. Well, we all think have had our of fun, it. as a matter of don't fact. do you think we haven't for a moment? The program is presented for our fun and interest. And if you like it, okay. If you don't, don't tell anybody. The members of the staff of WHDH are not eligible. That's right, definitely not. Are there Are any members of the advertising agency? We wish to thank you all. You've been so kind sending all them things. Thanks for all them food parcels you've been sending in, too, folks. Hang by your thumbs, won't you, and if you get work right, this is WHDH in Boston.
1: Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding were a radio comedy team that broadcast from the 1940s to the 1980s. In general, they were masters of improvisation and satirizing popular entertainment of the day, very much including radio shows. Elliott and Goulding both began in radio with their own separate shows at the same radio station, WHDH AM in Boston. The two would appear on the other shows and joke around. Their rapport was so funny, spontaneous, and entertaining that WHDH called on them to fill in for rain delays when they broadcast Red Sox games. Elliot and Goulding's brand of humor caught on, and WHDH gave them their own own weekday show in 1946. The matinee with Bob and Ray was originally a 15-minute show, soon expanding to a half hour. The team was great for radio stations because they were so versatile over their career that they could fill in for any format or time slot. A 15-minute show, or an hour-long show, a show at midnight, a game show, or just be called on when problems arose and they needed something on the air like baseball rain delays or if a live show couldn't be aired for some reason. Earlier in their career, they mostly ad-libbed the show, but later they relied more on scripts. Bob and Ray created hundreds, perhaps even thousands, of skits and characters. Some of the more famous included Wally Ballou, an inept news reporter and man-on-the-street interviewer, snappy sportscaster Biff Burns, as in, this is Biff Burns saying, this is Biff Burns saying goodnight. And Tex Blaisdell, a drawing drawling cowboy singer who also did rope tricks on the radio, as well as characters, the two also poked fun at popular radio shows of the day, Mary Mary Backstagey Noble Wife and One Fella's Family, which spoofed Backstage Wife and One Man's Family, respectively. Mr. Keen faced their pointed wit with the continuing parody, Mr. Trace, keener than most persons. Jack Headstrong, the All-American American, -American, of course, was a takeoff of Jack Armstrong. Plus, they did many more. Much like Saturday Night Live, the Bob and Ray show would also mock commercials with such products as the Little Jim Dandy Burglar Kit or the Bob and Ray Home Surgery Kit. There were commercials for such fictitious sponsors as the Monagahela Metal Foundry, Casting Steel Ingots with a Housewife in Mind, and the Croftweiler Industrial Cartel, Makel- makers of all sorts of stuff made out of everything. Bob and Ray remained in radio, but they made many appearances on television, including a 15-minute show from 1951 to 1953, bit parts in the Electric Company show, skits with Sa- Saturday Night Live cast members, a game show, and other non-regular work. <laughs> and now, kids, it's time for our Comic Web Radio Secret Society Code: 192813. Just decipher this code at www.comicweb.com slash secretsociety.htm. Deciphering the code will give you all the benefits of membership in the Comic Web Radio Secret Society. Benefits include more free episodes, fun facts, a certificate of membership, and you get 15% off any order from the Comic Web. Just use the word on checkout where we ask for a coupon code. The code again is 19 If you have any comments on how to improve our podcast, please send an email to us or fill out the survey on our website. Our email is editor at comicweb.com, and we would appreciate anyone leaving reviews of the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.